Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As die-hard conservative. to this guy for wisdom. And this is Drew Allen. We are back two days in a row. You're welcome, America. Uh, it's good to be with you, honestly. Kath uh, and I were just talking before the show, man. It's It's been a long day. Long day, and I wish I could tell you why, but I can't. I'm sorry. Um, you know, as soon as I got off the show last night, making all these, of course, brilliant points uh, about, you know, this corrupt special counsel and Jack Smith and Merrick Garland and the fact that he obstructed the investigation into Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. And remember, anytime you talk about Hunter Biden, it's really about Joe Biden. Just remember that. So if I'm even talking about the investigation into Hunter, it's always really about Joe. And that's the point. That's really why they've been covering all this stuff up. If it was just Hunter, uh, you know, they'd still be trying to cover it up because he's a he's a Biden. But um, it's about Joe. And so, so I, I get off here last night and the news broke. It wasn't, not on the left, of course, but on our side, you know, it turns out that, that Jack Smith, right? So they pumped out that audio that they had of Donald Trump at uh, Bedminster discussing, you know, some classified document they claim. And of course, uh, he was responding to a article that had come out the week before a hit job by Mark Milley at the New Yorker that, that claimed that, uh, Donald Trump had basically, he drawn up plans to attack Iran, right? He wanted to attack Iran and create chaos. Somehow that was going to help him be elected. I guess. I, I, I don't know. I didn't know we lived in Ukraine, you know, where you could just declare martial law and there's no elections, right? That's what's going on in Ukraine. You know this, right? Tucker did a great uh, piece on it. I haven't actually watched it yet, but he he did one of those 12, 13-minute episodes, and it's true. It's true. We are sitting here defending democracy, they claim, in Ukraine, and yet Ukraine is one of the most ty- – it's, it's, it's even more tyrannical than the United States. It's hard to believe. They don't have freedom of religion right there the, in that country anymore. They, they don't have freedom of speech. They don't have freedom of any kind. And there aren't going to be elections. Those have been called off. And the defense from the tyrants in America, the Democratic parties, well, you know, that's their constitution. If there's martial law, then there's no elections. There doesn't need to be martial law in Ukraine. And still, it's not a reason to cancel elections. Right. Vladimir Zelensky is doing such a great job leading the country. He's doing a great job for himself, certainly. But anyway, so... All of this stuff, right? All this distraction, all of this uh, cacophony of, of, of BS, frankly, from, from the media saying, we got Trump. And it turns out that the audio, right? Referring to this classified document, the source of all this, Trump needs to go to prison. This is the smoking gun because there's a classified document and Donald Trump showed it to these people at Bedminster and he put jeopardized national security risk. Well, Donald Trump was indicted on 31 counts of willful retention of national defense information. That's what Jack Smith charged in the indictment of, of, of Trump. But guess what? This document isn't one of them. They don't have this document. This document doesn't even exist to their knowledge. This isn't part of the case. Do you see? I don't understand how any American continues to listen to these people. It's just so disgusting. The, the, the way people are misled, and it's so unfortunate. I, I feel very sad talking about it because I have to acknowledge that a large number of our citizens, our neighbors, the people around us, they're just stupid people. We are surrounded by idiots in this country. So all of this, the recording uh, of the meeting at Trump's Bedminster, New Jersey uh, golf club, you know, there's, there's I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else to say. There's no document. It, I, it, it's literally, it's like Trump-Russia collusion. It's a hoax all over again. 
They have this audio. They don't have a document. This isn't even part of the case. It's just, it's just a head fake. So this case is so strong against Trump, the biggest thing they seem to have, they don't even have. I mean, think about this. Of all the things to leak, they leak this audio that's supposed to be damning. Well, there are 31 counts that they're claiming that Trump violated that are going to put him in prison, they hope, for over 300 years, and they didn't leak any of those documents? They don't have anything. They are trying to try this in secrecy. They're trying to try this, uh, obviously, by cheating. They're trying to, 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 to try this case in the court of public opinion with lies and misinformation. And it's, I've never seen anything so sick in my life. I mean, this is not a free country. We are not a democracy. And I got to say, I was thinking just before coming on to Captain, think, talking about Ukraine, talking about the fact that they have suspended elections there. So Zelensky is just a dictator right now. That's what Zelensky is. And we we just gave $500 million more million to Ukraine, to the dictator. We're supporting dictatorships around the world. How is, how is Zelensky any better than Putin, by the way? I mean, this is the thing. I, I, I don't get it. They, they, they want me to just... It's like, you, you can't talk about these things objectively. If you're not... Ukraine is the best country ever in the history of the world. It's even better than the United States of America. And Putin and Russia, it's the worst regime in mankind's history. If, if you don't say that, I mean, you're a Putin sympathizer. Putin sucks and Zelensky sucks. And I don't care about it. You know, here's the thing. I, I don't have it in front of me. I wrote a piece about it at my Substack, DrewAllen.substack.com. But you have to understand that all of this is, is, is being manipulated. None of this is, this is the most dishonest war. Do you know that... Over a year ago, long ago, actually they met in Turkey. I think it was in Istanbul. It could have been in another city in Turkey, but uh, Putin, a Russian delegation, actually met with a Ukrainian delegation and they signed a preliminary peace deal. And all Russia was asking, all Russia was asking is that Ukraine would stop trying to be admitted to NATO. So in exchange for them saying, we're not going to join NATO, Putin was willing to even remove his troops to pre-war lines. None of this, all of this complaint. Oh, why didn't the, why didn't the peace deal go through? I guess that's an important thing to address, right? So why, they had this preliminary peace agreement, which sounds pretty good to me. I mean, what's NATO do for anybody, huh? What wars has NATO ever prevented? What, what, what good has NATO ever done? I'm sorry to say this, and I, I you know... You know, my, my uncle was lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps. He trained NATO troops, traveled all over the world, lived in Paris, lived in Italy. He trained NATO troops. That was his job. But NATO is useless. It's totally worthless. We just, we pay for all of it. And what do we get in return? I'm so tired of this. Us not getting anything in return for any of this. We have no say in the matter. But this preliminary peace deal was broken up. The Ukrainians backed out of it. Because guess who intervened? Well, they report that it's the West. The West is the United States. Let's be honest. It includes Europe, of course. But the West is us. We're the big interventionaries in Ukraine. Have been for decades, as I've explained, countless times on this show, even since the Bush years. Early 2000s, we were involved there, interfering. George Soros has been involved there since the 90s. And of course, I played that clip, or I didn't, maybe I didn't play the clip, but I talked about the, the, the BlackRock executive, or not executive, but recruiter who was captured by, Pro, well, not Project Veritas, um, James O'Keefe's new organization there. And he talks about how great it is. You got war over there? We can make a fortune and a killing off of it. That's what's happening right now. So none of this has to happen. I mean, <sighs> Where are the journalists? Where are just rational, level-headed people? This should be, like, these are the questions and these are the news stories that should be in the media every single day. We should still be talking every day in the media and pressing the Biden administration about why did this peace deal not happen? Did you intervene? Why do you want Ukraine to join NATO so badly that you would permit and actually encourage a war in which lives are lost over it. Is it really that important to you? It's just so bizarre. I mean, 
Ukraine doesn't have sovereignty. There are still many people there that are pro-Moscow. Perhaps with the propaganda, it's fewer today. But who are we to come in there and tell Ukraine what its future should be? Ukraine should be able to make its own decision about whether it wants to have a relationship with Russia or if it wants to have a relationship with the West. That's not our our position. That's not our business. I mean, I I, I don't know. I mean, this seems to be, I'm, I'm speaking like somebody on the left years ago. But now it's, of course, completely switched. So, um, anyway. Well, I don't know if you've noticed this as well, but suddenly Biden is all over the place. He kind of goes into hiding for a while. We don't hear from him. He's got a schedule where he works from uh, 10 a.m. to noon, and then he's done for the day, disappears. Well, did you know Joe Biden gave a speech today in Chicago? Did you know about this? Probably not. Joe motto, Joe, Joe Biden's motto should be when, when, when Biden speaks, no one listens. When Biden speaks, no one listens. But that's right. He was in Chicago today amidst all of this, giving a speech, touting the wonderful economy. I, you know, I learned something. I watched some of this speech today and I had no idea. You know, when I go to the grocery store, it's so expensive. When I fill up my car, with gasoline. It's so expensive. My bills are so expensive. My energy costs are through the roof. It's really, really actually, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, I'm making less money than ever before uh, because of inflation. But, but then I heard Joe Biden speak and apparently I'm lying to myself. My, that's not really true. The, 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 the food I bought the other day that was 30% more expensive than it was a year ago, that, that didn't actually happen. It, I'm, I'm imagining this. When I look at my bank statements and I look at the fact that I'm spending, you know, I don't know, 40% more here in California, whatever it is, paying for my air conditioner to be on now. That, that's not real. I get the, 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 the banks, there's a big conspiracy. The banks are, are, are lying on my receipts. The, 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 they're, they're printing me fake receipts. I mean... I don't know. I don't know what's going on because Joe Biden says everything's great. It's never been better. He's created the most jobs of any president. You know, we got a rip-roaring economy. He's just such a successful president. Everything's great in America. It's never been better. Just propaganda. Propaganda. But yeah, he gave a speech, and I've got a clip to play for you. Um, I'll do that in a minute. I'll do that in a minute. But Joe Biden is also going to go do a supposedly a live sit-down interview with Nicole Wallace tomorrow on Thursday. So set your DVRs for 4.30 p.m. Eastern. That's also coincides with nap time because it'll have that effect when you tune in, of course, to that interview. And do you think that this is going to be a hard-hitting interview? Is this interview going to finally end, end uh, Joe Biden's presidency? Of course not. They're going to talk about the Supreme Court because we've got, I mean, it's just working in the, I, I, you know, it's hard to even explain it anymore. It just becomes second nature at some point because you understand intrinsically how this stuff works. You understand the way these people, nothing's accidental. Everything's so controlled in these worlds with these schedules and everything else. There's a reason behind all of it. Now, many people don't live their lives that way. I mean, they just, you know, I don't know. They don't really plan extensively. They just kind of go with the wind in some capacity. That's not a criticism. But I'm just saying when you are a manipulator, when that's part of your job, when your job is uh, propaganda, you don't leave things to chance. You don't leave things to chance. So this interview was scheduled on Thursday. Of course, you know, a couple on Sunday, I think they announced he was going to give this speech in Chicago. Why do you think he's moving around so much? Because it's harder to hit a moving target. That's it. That's it. That, that's why this is happening. So they got to keep him on the move. They got they got to keep other stuff in the media to talk about. Now, cue up cut one. So Joe Biden actually was confronted by a reporter outside the White House. I don't know if this was today or yesterday. It was, it was this week. Um, he was confronted by a reporter. And he was... You know, asked if he knew about his son's 
business dealings, which of course we know for a fact that he he did know. I, I just played, I just read you the, the text message that Hunter Biden sent to the uh, communist Chinese saying, my dad's sitting next to me, show us the money or I'm going to show you a grudge. And Papa Biden's going to be ticked off and you don't want to tick off Joe Biden, who's sitting right next to me in the room. But here's Joe Biden being asked about, uh, well, the things in the news about him lately. Go ahead and play cut one, Captain. President Biden, how involved were you in your son's Chinese shakedown text message? Were you sitting there? Were you involved? Were you involved? Were you? No. Ooh. Doesn't seem like he has the temperament to be president to me. No, no, lying through his teeth. Now, I play that because given what we know right now, and I've got some clips to play of the IRS whistleblower, the one who's made his name known, who's, this is a brave guy, by the way, Shapley, but I've got a couple clips of him on with Brett Baer, as much as I just uh, leveled Brett Baer a, a week or two ago because of his interview with Donald Trump. You know, he doesn't hate Shapley, so, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a fair interview he had with, with Shapley. It was a good interview. Brett Baer gave a good... See, see, I just want people to understand that I'm a reasonable guy. I'm not like the left. I just call it like it is. Brett Baer is an ever-Trumper. He hates Trump, and he gave a horrible interview to Trump. Shapley, who he doesn't have any problems with, he gave a good interview to. So Brett Baer did some journalism here with, with Shapley, and I commend him for it. But then again, I don't know. That's his job, right? I mean, I... Anyway, so you've got that going on, Biden snapping. And what I was going to say is, so he's going to sit down on tomorrow with Nicole Wallace. And if any real journalist interviewed him, I don't know if it's going to be 60 minutes or what, probably about an hour long. But his career should, his, his presidency should end tomorrow. Tomorrow, during this interview with a journalist, Joe Biden's presidency would end and he would be forced to resign. Because he would be confronted with what he's done. He would be exposed as a fraud and a liar. But that's not what's going to happen. They organized this to give him cover. And what they're doing here is is they're controlling the narrative. So Joe Biden is going to be able, just like he did in that interview, I don't know if it was with uh, David Muir or somebody else, where ahead of uh, the announcements about Hunter Biden and uh, him potentially being, well, his plea deal and all that, Joe Biden says, uh, one, he didn't know anything about it, and two, that he didn't believe his son did anything wrong. I mean, they're always just trying to get out ahead of things and control it. So this is damage control by the Biden administration with Nicole Wallace, and she is a eager propagandist. Now, maybe Nicole Wallace will shock us all tomorrow, and she will save the republic by actually doing her job. But of course, then she would lose her own job. So that's not going to happen. So don't get your hopes up. But um, look, Thursday, why Thursday? Why are they doing this Thursday? Why not today on Wednesday? Why not next week? Why now? Well, on, because, because tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern, ahead of this interview, the Supreme Court's going to make their announcements about a couple of cases, one involving affirmative action and one about Biden's student loan forgiveness. Now, the court is expected to... Uh, rule against affirmative action, which is a good thing, of course. That relates to this case with Harvard University, by the way. Uh, They were discriminating openly against whites and Asian Americans. Uh, They were forced to score higher uh, than, for example, their black counterparts. So, I mean, it was a totally corrupt system. I mean, they were being discriminated against. If you're white, that counts against you. If you're Asian, that counts against you. Right. I mean, this is this is crazy that we're doing this still. It's it's racism. Affirmative action is racism today. And. um, Frankly, it was never a good idea, but that's a conversation for uh, another day. That's the libertarian in me. Um, So so. So they're going to they're going to spend a majority of this conversation talking about the Supreme Supreme Court decisions. Right. If they rule against affirmative action, if the Supreme Court says uh, it's unlawful for Harvard to 
discriminate against Asian Americans, which is obviously should be the response. Uh, if that happens, Joe Biden, of course, is going to come out and attack the Supreme Court, probably call them illegitimate. And then student loan forgiveness, we already know that's unconstitutional. In fact, Joe Biden bragged about it in the past. The Supreme Court's already come out and said, uh, you can't do this. And he, he I mean, I mean, it's, ba- it's, ba- it's basically, that's actually, that, that's not quite what happened with the Supreme Court. But they've heard oral arguments about a lot of this stuff. And um, this is unconstitutional. So they're expected to rule against and shoot down the student loan forgiveness. Um, I, I meant to get into this the other day. And I didn't have time, but... There was, uh, there was another ruling that just came out of the Supreme Court. I just want to simplify this. This was regarding, it was called Moore versus Harper. And essentially what the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in a 6-3 ruling, Roberts and Amy Coney Barrett, who else joined in? Let's see if I have it in front of me. You, are you screaming into your radios right now? Drew, I know who they are. Yeah, uh, so yeah, John Roberts, Brett Kavanaugh, that's right. Brett Kavanaugh and Coney Barrett, the two Catholics. The only thing the Catholics are good for is abortion, apparently. When it comes to the rest of the Constitution, it, it doesn't really matter. It's pointless, but, you know, whatever. So what, is the, what did this ruling do? And I, I'll, tell you the, I'll tell you the fundamental problem. So this involved North Carolina. The North Carolina legislature, legislature Right. It's called gerrymandering. The left does it. We do it. It's been a practice for forever. As long as this country's been around, we've had gerrymandering. The party that has a majority in the state legislature, which the Constitution gives the state legislature the sole authority to set, uh, you know, election laws, certainly, and to have involvement with this kind of thing. Um, it, it's the the elections clause. So. The Supreme Court threw out a congressional map that was drawn by the Republican-controlled legislature after the 2020 census, right? Every time you have a census, you have to redraw the congressional maps, the districts. And that gives you an opportunity to shape them, right? If you've got, if you know you've got more Democrats over here, you might redraw the district to include more of those people, right? So Democrats get elected in that district and vice versa. So you can not like this, but this is what happens. And the Supreme Court has just ruled that state courts can overrule the legislatures. So, of course, the the fundamental flaw in this is the assumption that courts aren't partisan today, right? The assumption is that courts somehow are, are, are all objective while state legislatures are partisan. So what they did now is they, they're saying, okay, well, if a court doesn't agree with or like the new congressional map that was, that was drawn by the party in charge, they can throw it out. So the courts now determine what the, uh, the districts are going to look like. I mean, does that sound constitutional to you? And here's the problem, right? Do you think that Democrats on a Democrat court are ever going to approve a congressional map drawn by Republicans? They're going to throw it out every single time. But I'll tell you this, Republicans are more likely on a court to go ahead and approve a map drawn by their Democrat counterparts. So now what you're going to have is Democrats not playing by the rules. So now the courts have the authority to determine what the maps look like, and Democrats are notoriously lawless. They're not going to be objective. So a Demo- if you have a Democrat court and a Democrat legislature, what's going to happen? Democrats are going to gerrymander, and the court's going to approve it, or not even challenge it. It won't be an issue. Now, obviously, in a... You know, but in the reverse case, it's not going to be the same way. And and I'm I guess my point is, you know, even so-called originalist. I mean, I hate the terminology we use here because it's it's just wrong. You know, I mean, it's like the right-leaning justices. I mean, they should be nonpartisan. They should just be constitutional, all of them. But they're not. But my point is, people on the left 
are going to be activists. So those judges are going to look to use their new power on the court to help Democrats. And the right, we're not going to wield that power like we never wield that power. And that's where this is going. So it's not a good ruling. And I'm a pragmatist and a realist, and I'm just telling you this is the reality of what's going to play out. So we just screwed ourselves, or we are screwed. We didn't really screw ourselves. The Supreme Court just screwed Republicans in elections forever. So this is a win for Democrats, and it's a loss for us. They're going to gerrymander, and they're going to make sure that their districts continue to be blue, Democrats continue to be elected, and they're going to increase that advantage. On our side, we're going to be stagnant, or we're going to lose ground. Not good. Not good. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is just, I guess I'll lead with this. I mean, it's kind of random, to be honest, but it was so interesting today, this report. The news actually covered it. I can't believe So Joe Biden came out to a gaggle of reporters, and obviously he was caught on camera, and people noticed these indentations on his cheeks. It looked like he had a ball gag, like he and uh, Kamala Harris were really playing games in the, in the basement of the White House. Or maybe he was playing with uh, her husband. I don't know. I don't know. You know I've, or maybe Ashley Biden was around. Oh, I can't. Oh, sorry. I can't say that. Sorry. That's too, too far. Um, so anyway, the media had to immediately make sure that everyone knew that it was because he uses a CPAP machine for sleep apnea sleep apnea. And they made sure that everyone knew that 30 million Americans suffer from sleep apnea. And it's true. My, my dad uses a CPAP machine. Um, but my question is, n- now that we understand that he's been using this, this CPAP machine for sleep apnea, the assumption is that he's getting more oxygen to his brain so are we going to see cognitive improvement now in Joe Biden? That, that's what I would like to know. I, no, you don't think so, Captain? That's not the underlying problem, huh? It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, the, it wasn't the sleep apnea that was, that was responsible for all this? Ah, shoot. Well, I guess not, because he's, he's been on the CPAP machine. And cue up cut two, Captain. This is Joe Biden. Um, before I play the clip, I just want to prepare you now. There's a war going on right now, right? It's between um, Russia and you fill in the blank. You fill in the blank. Now, let's hear where Joe Biden thinks this war is taking place. Go ahead, cut two, Captain. It's hard to tell, but he's clearly losing the war in Iraq. He's losing the war at home. And he has uh, become a bit of a flyer. Did, did you catch that? Did you hear it, Captain? The war in Iraq? Iraq? This guy, this guy's brain is mush. He, he is gone. I, our just... What happened to America? I, 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 like, this is, this, is a, this is a serious problem. This is, I mean, I'm making fun of him, but this guy's the president of the United States. This, he, he is not mentally capable of being pre- of doing the job. I mean, forget all the, the, the other reasons he's not a fit to be president of the United States, like the fact that he's anti-American, he's a communist. I mean, that, I mean, that, that, I mean, that's disqualifying too. It would be in a sane world. But of course, now, if you're a Democrat, you are a communist. Or you deny it, but you support communist policies. That's the reality. That's the reality. So yeah, there you are. yeah, the war in Iraq. I mean, I mean, how do you get that? How do I mean? I don't mean to just waste time on this, but it's kind of it's shocking. It really is. Ukraine, Iraq. I mean, not only are on the different sides of the planet, but they don't even sound the same. It's just, it's just crazy. I mean. I get it. I, I, I misspeak occasionally on this show. 
you know, I'll say things and afterwards I'll think, oh, shoot, I, I said the wrong thing or I mixed up a word here and there. But I'm, I'm talking for 60 minutes and I'm talking about complex issues very uh, easily, frankly. This guy gets asked a question by a reporter about this war and he, he mistakes the name as Iraq. It's, it's the first person this guy's probably talked to for the day. I mean, he just had his oatmeal. He had the ball gag taken out of his mouth that he was sleeping in. You know, he, 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 you know, probably got a massage on his butt from getting spanked by, uh, by Kamala Harris's husband. Or, you know, maybe Jerry Nadler was up there and they were, you know, having a pillow fight. Who knows? It's just shocking to me. It's like, I just think about the things that, and I don't like George Bush, but you know, I think about the things they used to say about George Bush being so stupid. I mean, about Reagan. I mean, this, this is the thing about the Democratic Party being such a cult. I mean, the cult, of course, in a cult, you, you deny reality. You deny reality. For example, I just saw before I came on too, Captain, that uh, the new king over there in England, whatever the heck his name is, you know, uh, the pervert. Um, <clears throat> well, he set a, a clock for six years. Like he, you know, he set the clock instead of 10 minutes, it's got six years on it. And that's, that's six years is what we have now to deal with global warming. And I forgot to mention it and joke about it, but a couple weeks ago was another important date. Actually, it was a celebratory date. I meant to tell everybody to, if you happen to like an adult beverage, you know, to, to, to take a shot or, you know, have a margarita or a glass of wine and cheers each other because... You know, the little, uh, the little troll, the girl troll, what, what's her name, Captain? The poster child for a while, Greta, Greta, Greta Thunderthighs. Th Von Thunderthighs, right? Yeah, yeah, Thunderburger, whatever. Yeah, yeah, the, the Thunderthigh girl. Um, well, she had predicted a number of years ago that the earth was going to end, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, and we survived. We're still here. We're still, it, you know, this is, it's just, it's, it's crazy to me. I mean, I know that I'm supposed to be ashamed to say this, the truth, of course. I know that I'm the stupid one because uh, I'm denying climate change. But, you know, the reality is, if you believe in man-made climate change, and I'm sorry if you're listening and you do, but you're a fool. You're an absolute fool. How many times can you be lied to? Like, how devoted are you to denying reality? And depriving yourself of your own penchant for rational thought? That you would listen to someone who's already lied to you, tell you lie after lie after lie. This is a trait with Democrats, though. Democrats aren't, I mean, some of them may be smart, but they've forgotten what it is to be smart. Because it's been such a long time since they've had an individual thought they don't know what it's like to do that anymore. Their brain has been reprogrammed so that they take commands instead of giving them. I mean, COVID was that way. I mean, people had to totally, totally just refuse to confront reality, to do all of it. I mean, you know, look, I'll, I'll give it, I'll give somebody the, you know, 14 days or whatever, when it was, or the, you know, 15 days. Everybody was scared at first. Okay, they really dropped a nuclear bomb on you and everybody was disoriented. They were so scared. But I mean, two months in, three months in, four months in, I mean, 15 days and then they don't lift the lockdowns. The economy's going to hell. Trump's president. Gee, I wonder why they're doing this. Elections coming up. Gee, I wonder why they're doing this. They tell you masks work and they tell you masks don't work. Even when they told you masks worked, did anybody ask themselves why they didn't recommend masks in the past during flu season? Did anyone ask, consult the OSHA guidelines, workplace safety health standards, which said that masks didn't work for the last 12 years? And now suddenly OSHA's coming out like that as soon as Fauci makes the announcement, contrary to his previous announcement that masks didn't work, now they work. And now OSHA updates their guidelines to say, yes, masks work. And now, of course, you have Rochelle Walensky, you have all of these people who said masks work. Now they're quoting studies that say masks don't work. And you still listen to these people? There was an article too, and I, don't have to, I didn't have time to print it out, for everybody who's uber enthusiastic about getting this, these booster shots 
one after another after another. I know I don't talk about this much on the show. A lot of people, other people do that. that that's their expertise. But the report is, and it's a serious report from reliable sources. It's destroying your immune system. These boosters are actually, in the aggregate, weakening your immune system. Very concerning. Very concerning. So anyway, so obviously the CPAP machine's not working for Joe Biden. You know, he's uh, he's still um, oxygen depleted, I suppose. This is just kind of a, we're going through a lot of stuff today. It's a different kind of show. I'm kind of relaxed, actually. Oh, yeah, Madonna. So, yeah, Madonna just was uh, went to the ICU. Now, they're not saying, I don't think, are they? They won't admit that, right, Captain? Yeah, yeah, well, she went to that. I mean, I mean, yeah, you know. it seems, seems like there's a couple of reports that are saying that it's because of a, a vaccine injury. Mm-hmm. Well, she had a, you know, some kind of bacterial infection, too, I heard. And, um, you know, uh, I wish I could if I had the story in front of me, Captain, about that athlete. They got the the shot and he recently died. He was a black athlete. If you can find it, just bring it up and you can just turn your mic back on. And you can you can tell everybody everybody about it because people should know this. You know, I mean, you know. People should just, just people, I mean, you know, people make decisions what they want, but, but I, mean, I mean, confront different things that are happening, right? Oh, oh, you know, in addition, by the way, so Joe Biden, did you hear about this? Well, I, let me preface this way. When, when Donald Trump was president, obviously, you know, everything he did was wrong. The way he walked was wrong. The way he talked was wrong. The way he sat down was wrong. The way he uh, scratched his ear was wrong. Everything was wrong. So Donald Trump was attacked by CNN and the media, one of many attacks, because he was apparently still using a private cell phone in addition to his you know, work phone as president. And they talked about how dangerous that was. And of course, that was a national security risk too. him using a personal cell phone. Well, it turns out that Joe Biden was using what they're calling a secret global cell phone while he was vice president. His son, Hunter Biden, paid the bill. I think it was $300 a month. And it allowed him to, you know, for example, get on the phone and talk to his communist Chinese business partners and do these deals. Is the media, do you think, do you think, is Nicole Wallace tomorrow going to say, you know, Mr. President, when Donald Trump was in, I was very concerned that he was using a private cell phone. Very concerned. It was a national security risk. We were outraged by this. And Mr. President, I have to ask you about your secret global cell phone. Do you think it was appropriate for you to use a secret global cell phone? And why was Hunter Biden paying the bill? Now, I don't have answers for this. I'm just a curious person, unlike the the entire media establishment and any Democrat walking planet Earth right now, apparently. But why? Why was Hunter Biden paying Joe Biden's, his father's bills? Now, when you're elderly, when you're elderly, right, and you you can't take care of yourself, sometimes a a son will pay the bills of his father or a mother or what you know, I mean, just just to help out. But the the point was, he was doing this when Joe Biden was vice president. Now, Joe Biden's been a buffoon and a moron forever. Now he's totally mentally gone. While he was vice president, I wouldn't, I would say he was just a, he was Joe Biden. He was just low IQ, stupid. You know, he he graduated last almost in his, his law class. What do you expect? The guy's stupid. Um, but, but, but he had Hunter Biden paying his bills and he was paying for a lot of weird things too. Like this was reported in 2021. We knew that, that, um, that Hunter, for example, was paying like $3,000 to fix the shed or something, you know, to paint the, the back house at the day. Yeah. Just weird. Like Joe Biden can't pay for that. I mean, I I don't know. It's just just strange to me the way that that relationship worked out. Now we know why some of these things happen too, of course, because you know it's Hunter Biden paying for them. Don't look at me. Um. Oh yeah, we got we got to do queue up cut three, Captain. I got to move now. So when you hear 
the, 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 uh, let me just say it this way. Bidenomics. Who invented the phrase Bidenomics? It was us. We coined the phrase Bidenomics to describe what? Stupid economic policies of Joe Biden. They create the misery that we're experiencing today. Uh, Bidenomics is, in fact, I would say it's what you get when you put a, a corrupt and decrepit serial liar who is so stupid that, that, for example, he could attend a funeral in the morning and then go to the wake afterwards and ask where the why the, the buried person isn't in, attendant, in attendance. I mean, that, that's essentially what Joe Biden did at one point when he, he acknowledged the fact that the uh, Republican co- congresswoman died in a car wreck. And then a little later, he's giving a speech saying, where are you? Stand up, stand up. Remember that? That's why I say Joe Biden's so stupid, he could go to a funeral in the morning and then he could go to the wake and he'd ask where the dead, the dead person was. Why isn't she here? Where is she? I'm looking for, I want to talk to her or him. But that, that, that's Bidenomics. That's what you get, Bidenomics. When you put that kind of person with that level of stupidity in charge of the economy. And, um, you know, I mean, you know, it's like, it's like I don't know, if, if Bidenomics was a drink, it'd be like, you know, two parts fascism, two parts uh, moron, and then shaken up with a whole bunch of bullshit. Oh, I said that out loud. Sorry. <clears throat> bunch of cubes of BS. Anyway, uh, and then you drink it and you puke if it doesn't kill you. That's the concoction. That's Bidenomics for you, okay? So, but, 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 so it's interesting. What the, what the left is trying to do now is to reappropriate Bidenomics. So they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to take that term, which is a pejorative term to define horrible economic policy. That, that Actually, it's just inten- intentional suicide of an economy. The, the death of an economy is Bidenomics. But now they want to they claim that as their own and turn that into a positive thing. So now the left is using Bidenomics and trying to spin it and give it a positive connotation. So here's Joe Biden uh, giving a speech. Go ahead and play that cut, cut three, Captain Go. This is his definition of Bidenomics. Bidenomics is about the future. Bidenomics is just another way of saying, restore the American dream, because it worked before. Yeah, this guy's totally destroyed the, the, the dream, as has the Democratic Party. And... I don't have the clip, but one of the other things he does in the speech in Chicago is he attacks trickle-down economics. Now, trickle-down economics was a term coined by Democrats that was intended to be a pejorative descriptor for Ronald Reagan's economic policies. And it defies logic because Ronald Reagan's economy was indisputably magnificent, strong, in two years, Ronald Reagan brought inflation down from 14% to 4%. And then it continued to go down. For, so in two years, he brought it down 10%. With Joe Biden, he spent nearly you know three years. And he hasn't done that. It remains high. And he's celebrating the recent numbers are 4% or something like that. And as I explained in my book, that'll be coming out at some point. You know, you have to understand that you have to be be ignorant to think that when he says, oh, inflation is, you know, 4% or 5% in the past, like, oh, it's 6%. It's down from 7%. That's not good news because inflation, it adds up. So, for example, it's like a pyramid. Like, So if inflation was 8% two months ago, that means that things increased by 8%. If inflation goes down and is reported at 7%, it means that prices increased by 7% this month. If in the third month you say inflation is 6%, right, it's compounding. Do you understand how this works? It's not that anything's getting cheaper. So when Joe Biden tries to say, oh, inflation's at 4%, I mean, in one sense, that's supposed to be good news. Inflation's coming down, but it's still outpacing wage growth. So he'll go out and report that wages are going up, and he's a bald-faced, bold-faced, whatever, liar. Because people are making less money because inflation is still higher than the wage growth. This economy is historically terrible. And the point is, we know how to address this. Ronald Reagan addressed it. And Ronald Reagan gave us the policies to do this. The only thing people can say about Ronald Reagan or Donald Trump with tax cuts, right? 
They say that tax cuts are irresponsible and they're responsible for what? Increased debt. That's not true. Every time there's a tax cut, for example, under Reagan, let me ask you, every single year, what happens? Almost without exception. Who makes more money year over year? The federal government. So Donald Trump, for example, when he passed his across the board, massive tax cuts, he was attacked. And guess what happened? Federal revenue increased massively. It defied the expectations. So that's how you grow the economy. So if tax cuts result in greater federal revenue, then that's not responsible for added debt, is it? Only federal spending causes debt. I mean, this is why I have a hard time with Democrats. I wish I could relate. I want to relate. But these are not complex things to understand that I'm describing right now. It's common sense. And this is why I say to be a Democrat and listen to this garbage and celebrate this and believe this. You have to have just given up on yourself. Completely given up on yourself. And so his policies are what? He wants to raise taxes on businesses and individuals. Do you know that no American has ever become wealthy because the government took money from somebody richer than them? That money doesn't go in your pocket. If they raise taxes on Elon Musk or something like that, if Elon Musk donates a trillion dollars to the government, you're not going to see a penny of that. It doesn't work that way. Reagan understood this. So Reagan did what to fix the economy? You have two objectives here, right? We're facing a recession. That's the first thing. They've already predicted it. It's coming. Recession is is coming. It's inevitable because of this, because of Bidenomics. So look, think about this. When Reagan came into office, he had historic inflation. It was like 14% when he came into office. And he did two things. He had economic policies. So you have to do, when you have a recession, right? So, okay, if you have inflation, if you believe in the Federal Reserve, which I hate the Federal Reserve, but nonetheless, let's just talk about what we know has happened and worked in the past. You raise interest rates to bring down inflation. That causes you to enter a recession. How do you get out of a recession? Because a recession is what? It's, it's the contraction of an economy, right? So how do you get out of a contracting economy? You have to create job growth. You have to create additional wealth, right? How do you do that? You have to cut taxes. You have to slash regulations. You have to encourage economic growth. You have to encourage the individual and corporation and business owner out there to create new jobs and create new wealth. That's the only way out. And his solution is to do the opposite. And that leads to one place, a continued recession, stagflation, or worse, a depression at some point. You can't continue to take money out of the U.S. economy, the private sector, and expect the economy to grow. Because the economy grows because the American citizen spends their money. So if the government takes money from anybody in this country, especially the job creators, the people that are so-called rich, I mean, it's crazy. It's like everybody wants to be rich in this country, and then they, they attack the rich. It's just, it's, it's, it's nutty. It's like, what? Oh, it's... So... I mean, this guy wants to, 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 to mess with prices and control prices. He want, I mean, all of it. He wants to control. And it's a disaster. So Bidenomics is uh, economics if you're a stupid person and you want to destroy an economy. Um, something that bothered me, by the way, speaking of economics, in some capacity, this is linked together. Well... I don't know if this a year ago when it was exactly, but, you know, they passed this this infrastructure bill or whatever. And now they're going to give, I mean, you know, they passed it. It was approved, right? Signed into law. And now the money's going to start going out. So the Biden administration is spending $42 billion, $42 billion to help out 8.5 million people get internet. Did you know that we were suffering 
from wide a wide scale uh, Wi-Fi uh, disaster in this country, Captain? Did you know that? I, I didn't know that. I mean, like Wi-Fi is the biggest problem we have in this country. I had no clue, but apparently that's true. 8.5 million people have to go to a public library to use Wi-Fi, apparently. And this is this is just can't happen. It's sad. This is a sad day in America because the happiest people in America were the people without internet. And it, actually, it's amazing. I can't believe that there were 8.5 million families or businesses that actually lived in peace. They didn't have propaganda entering their homes and devices and whatever, all day long. Those were the happiest Americans. So now there's no happy Americans left. It's the end of an era. But what should make us upset about this? All this money, $42 billion is a lot. Do you remember how much Donald Trump wanted to build the wall? Yeah, $5 billion, $6 billion. And they couldn't find the money. It was too much. They said it was irresponsible to spend $6 billion to build a wall to secure the border. But they can find... So we've had over 7 million illegals come into this country because we don't have a secure border over just the past three years. 7 million people have entered the country illegally. And we couldn't spend $6 billion or even $10 billion to build a wall to prevent those 7 million from coming in. But we can find $42 billion to make sure 8.5 million people have internet. Stunning stuff, isn't it? All this money, another $500 million to Ukraine. But, you know, we got we to gotta raise taxes. You know, it's like, but, the, but look, I'm sorry. I actually don't care what you think about Wi-Fi. It's, I mean, I get it that society runs on this stupid technology. I mean, it is what it is. But this, this Wi-Fi crap is such garbage. I'm sorry. This is not a pressing issue in America. This is the big infrastructure thing. Oh, $42 billion for that's not, that's not a problem in America. That's like the last bottom of the list. Show, show me the people that are, that are just begging, pining out there. They're just saying, oh, yeah, we have running water everywhere, right? I mean, we have all the, but, 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 but no, oh, 8.5 million people apparently couldn't get access to internet. I mean, move, move. I don't know. I mean, this is stupid. Now the government's job is to provide Wi-Fi. What's next? What's next? All right, cue up um, cut five, Captain. So this is the Democratic Party. This is what their party supports. They think this is wonderful. They also deny that it's happening, even though these people are going to admit it's going to happen. This was in, uh, where was this? The, this was in New York City. <clears throat> um Manhattan's East Village, right? So this is pride. This is pride. A bunch of naked people showing their, whipping out their privates in front of children. Why are these people not being arrested, Captain? I mean, last time I checked, that was like public intoxication. I, I didn't know I could go out and uh, run around naked in the street and go into... Is, when did that become lawful? When did society apl- applaud that? Why did Democrats support it? Hmm. So I want you to hear a clip. The the Democrats claim that, of course, the radical alphabet mafia doesn't want to groom children. They don't want to groom children. Go ahead and play the cut, Captain. So these are a bunch of lunatics that belong in a mental asylum. That's no joke. Uh, But you hear them shout in the beginning, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. Now, NBC came to the defense of that chant, saying that this is just words and this, they've been saying this for a long time. Now, the leader of the group, some um, deranged person named Brian Griffin, 
Uh, it's just words. It's all presented to fulfill their worst stereotypes of us. Oh, that's brilliant, right? I mean, it's like, yeah, um, if you're if you're a Muslim in America, and the stereotype is that you're you know leading a jihad against uh, non-believers, what better way to show that you're not a radical than to dance down the street screaming, you know, we're blowing up Christians, we're blowing up Christians, we're coming for Christians. Oh, that's a brilliant idea. So yeah, we're not groomers and lunatics. We're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. I'm just saying that because, because you mean it. Because you're rubbing it in our faces. Um, this ties into something. Because, look, we have issues with indoctrination, certainly in the country. We have issues with just people who don't understand America, that hate America. There are a lot of issues in, in this country, and they all, of course, stem from uh, the Democratic Party predominantly, as has been the case throughout all of U.S. history. But um, there's a report by the Pew Research Center. This ties into what I was saying yesterday about one in five Zoomers being gay. A record high share of 40-year-olds in the U.S. have never been married. As of 2021, 25% of 40-year-olds in the United States have never been married. You know, families, of course, as I've said a thousand times, are the backbone of America. They're the backbone of any civilization. You know, for all the flaws, for example, in the economic system and the ideology, say, of Italians, for example, who, it's a socialist country. They don't know any better. They're used to looking to the government to provide for them, but they're also notoriously happy. You go to Italy, it's very family oriented. It's very family oriented. And if you want to look at some of these countries that don't have as high of crime rates, perhaps, or something like that, it's because they're faith-focused and they're family-focused. These are the bonds that keep a civilization held together. They're uh, healthy bonds. And the nuclear family is under attack. And the left knows this. They know that the nuclear family, strong families, and faith in this country, those are the things that make us impervious to this onslaught. And so they've got to attack constantly and find ways to destroy the family. That's why they're really doing the gender theory in schools, pronouns, that's why they're pushing the pride movement. That's why they attack and condemn faith, Christianity. That's why they uplift the leftism in this country, that ideology. It's all about separating people from their families or discouraging people from having families so that your individuals, you belong to these little tribes, you can be picked apart and brought into the cult. And we are trending in the wrong direction on all these fronts. Church attendance is down. Marriage is down. All of these statistics are the ones that really should concern us. And these are things that the government does have a role in addressing. The, the, the policy now from the government for a long time has been to discourage marriage with welfare, for example by punishing people for getting married, by taking away their welfare. It's all punitive. It's all perpetuating poverty. And if this isn't addressed, America doesn't stand much of a chance. I mean, yes, 2024 is important. All of these things are very, very important. But at the end of the day, if we don't address this issue, the issue of encouraging families and encouraging people to have children again, and to focus on family first. If we don't do that, like I said, we don't stand much chance. That's the truth. All right, cue up, cue up cut one, cap, cue up six, Captain. 
I want to play a clip. This is Brett Baer. I, I told you I'd get to this in the beginning. This is Shapley. So I want to play this because while, for example, when it comes to hoaxes and stories out there, hit jobs on Trump, they're always duds. What we're sold always falls flat. So for weeks we've been told about this audio conversation that's supposed to incriminate Trump. And then on Monday they leak the audio so that everyone can hear it. And then we find out after the fact that actually the document they're alleging Trump was waving around and showing, well, they don't even have it. And it's not even a part of, this, of, of the, the criminal case against Trump. So it fell flat. But on the other side, the things that we continue to hear about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, the very next day, there's something worse. You see, we're not, we're not reporting things and then we find out they were exaggerated or untrue. The things that are shocking us now are actually worse than we've even been told. They're being downplayed. So you'll see what I mean here. When I talk about Hunter's taxes, we've been told repeatedly is in this plea deal, for example, that they're, they're going to strike perhaps, that it relates to two years in which Hunter Biden failed to pay, didn't pay, refused to pay $100,000. Well, listen to this. Listen to Shapley, the IRS, the one who actually had the records, the one who saw the money, who was trying to follow the money change that knows best, who's seen the figures, who knows the truth. Listen to what he says here. Go ahead and play the cut, Captain. Is there criminal implications in what you were investigating when it comes to Hunter Biden? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the most substantive uh, uh, felony charges were, were left off the table. Which would have been what? which would have been uh, evasion for 14, false return for 18 and 2019. So as of right now, in the information that, that's been out there in the public, it uses the term in excess of $100,000 for 2017 and separately for 2018. The true number is $580,000 of in, uh, failure to pay for 2017 and 620000 for 2018. Yet this document puts it close to 100000 So the document, they reported 100000 but it was closer to 600000 when you add up. I mean, that's like three times the cumulative amount that, that was reported. And uh, let, let's end on this note. I won't play another Shapley clip. You know, I just encourage you to check it out. I mean, look, look for that Brett Baer interview. There's a lot of shocking stuff in there. And the main thing is that Merrick Garland did obstruct the investigation. So he needs to be impeached immediately. And... Um, you know, I want to have faith in, in the Republican leadership. I was I was addressing uh, Speaker McCarthy the other day, his refusal to come out and support Trump, even though Trump supported him for the speaker. And, and they seem to be dragging their feet. They seem to be hesitant to, to, to go forward with this impeachment. I'm not sure what they're waiting for. I hope it's strategic and it's just something that I haven't thought of yet. Uh, I'll, I'll pay attention and, and I'll make sure that you're informed about that. But... Um, Cue up cut four, Captain. This is Chris Christie. You don't have this problem on the left. They're all loyal to a T. They just want to win. They want victory. They do what they need to do to win. And, our, and on our side, we have people like this fat piece of human filth. Play it, Captain. Go. And Donald Trump needs to work for this if nomination. If he becomes the nominee. Do y'all become friends again? Does he offer you a cabinet post again? Do y'all clean this up if I don't, he becomes the nominee? I don't think so. I think that, you know, some, of the, some of the stuff he's called me um, over the last few months, um, I don't think that's going to happen. And, and I, that's sad. But it is the truth of the matter, and it's his doing. But you're not closing the door to voting for him. I'm, no, I'm saying I can't support him. I you can't. can't you won't vote for I him. I can't support either one of them. Okay. Not Biden or Trump because they're not competent and qualified to be president for different reasons. Joe Biden, predominantly because of his age and what we've seen on TV. His age and what we've seen on TV. That's not the issue with Joe Biden. He's destroying the country systematically. Listen, this is a governor who wants to be president saying that he won't vote in 2024 because he doesn't like the options. This is an unserious person. This is an unserious person. This is a joke of a human being. And actually, I would say this, 
The Democratic Party as a whole is worse, is the worst thing in this country. They've always been that way. They're tyrannical. They're horrible, okay, as a whole. But on an individual level, we have the worst people on our side. People like Chris Christie who do not put the party first and certainly don't put the country first. When it comes down to it, the left does what the left needs to do to move the, the, the ball down the field. They'll put their little petty grievances aside because they understand the agenda. They understand what's at stake for them. They understand the need and devotion to continue to moving this country further and further away from freedom. But Chris Christie, he doesn't see it that way. He doesn't understand the war we're in. He doesn't care about it. He's an unserious person. And so Chris Christie, unlike the left, he can't put his grievances aside, even though he has lambasted Trump, said terrible things about Trump. He's been in the wrong a thousand times. He can't put his differences aside and understand the difference between Trump and Biden. He can't, and he won't condemn Biden there. Anybody who thinks that Trump is worse than Biden, I'm sorry, you're a stupid human being. I don't know how to help you. I'm not being very nice. I'm sorry. If you think that Joe Biden is a better option than Trump, even if you hate Trump, even if you hate both and don't like either option, if you think you would vote for Joe Biden over Trump, you're an unserious person. You have no clue what the flipping flip you're talking about. And I'm sorry for you. If you can't understand what's happened to this country, what they've done, if you can't look at the Trump-Russia collusion hoax and understand that they engaged in a coup to overthrow a duly elected president, if you can't understand that, if you can't understand that quid pro quo impeachment was about covering up for Joe Biden's crimes, if you can't understand that, if you can't understand that the insurrection lie was totally create a created event by the left to destroy Donald Trump, to malign MAGA, to destroy our movement. If you can't understand that in 2024, if Joe Biden or another Democrat is elected again, this country is gone. It's beyond the point of no return at that point, peacefully, I'm, I'm afraid to say. If you can't understand the stakes, if you can't understand that they're the fascists, if you can't understand that if he's elected, you won't have a car to drive anymore, you won't have a gas stove to cook on, you won't have economic opportunities. If you can't understand all of that and vote against that, look in the mirror because you're no better than any of that. You're part of the problem. And honestly, you should be ashamed at whatever you see in that mirror because you aren't American. If you don't know whether or not to vote for Trump or Biden, you ain't American. All right, this is Drew Allen. Heck of a show. Thanks for being with me. God bless you all. And until next time. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Has Drew died Allen. Hard conservative. I look to this guy for wisdom.